it's the More Sports Now podcast. We're covering both sides of the Hudson. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio. And on the line, our own John McAlevey. Today we'll chat about local college hoops and uh, we'll get into the Knicks situation as well. But uh, let's start with Rutgers. John and uh, Wednesday night, big, big road win. Hey, that's two road wins. Two road wins in one season for Rutgers, which is actually miraculous uh, with the way their history has been the last uh, 10 years or so, and certainly yeah. since they joined the Big Ten. But, hey, listen, it wasn't pretty either, but we'll take that win all day. Now they're 5-9 and nine in the Big Ten, uh, 500 overall, 12-12. and 12. And, you know, the possibility of an NIT berth is there. I mean, not likely, but certainly still possible. Now, I had them winning... 14 games. I threw that number out at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, that's very real. Uh, they got uh, this Saturday, they have Iowa at home. Now, Iowa's a good team, a top 20 team. I believe they're 20th right now. Um, but they don't play a lot of defense. They can score, though. But, uh, you know, this could be a good matchup for Rutgers. Rutgers uh, plays very good defense at home. And uh, they just got to figure out a way to score because Rutgers, I'll tell you, I mean, even even with a lead late in this game. And Northwestern, look, they're not a good team. I mean, they're struggling this year. And even with a, a, a lead toward the end of this uh, 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 Wednesday night's game, they um, you know, they got into that half-court kind of stall offense, and it just doesn't really flow that well. They're better in transition. And, and then all of a sudden, Northwestern started hitting some threes and actually had possession with 18 seconds and the chance to take the lead. And uh, and Rutgers pulled it out. They played good defense, got a rebound, and then uh, Omarui hit some big foul shots. And go figure. Uh, Rutgers hitting yeah. big foul shots, which is important as well because they're not a good foul shoot foul shooting team. But yes. but they pulled baby steps. Yeah, you but know, hey, any, listen, you're right. They pulled out the swing. Can get is, uh, any win you can get is great, especially on the road. It's hard to win on the road mm-hmm. in any conference. And, uh, you know, to win on the road in the Big Ten Conference, I mean, even if it is against lowly Northwestern or, uh, you know, some of the other bottom feeders, Penn State, you know, you, you got those are wins you have to have in the bank. If, as, is, if, as you say, the NIT is the goal right now, which it probably should be, that, th- those are givens. You have to have them. And then, you know, you take your shot with, uh, with Iowa coming into town on Saturday, the place should be rocking. Iowa's a very good team. They're very well coached. So, you know, you tee it up and see how really good you are. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, the rest of the way, I mean, it's possible that they could stay around 500. Now, is it a rule, John, for the NIT that you have to be, like, above 500 to get an invitation? I don't know. Yeah, I believe that just for even to be in consideration, you have to be above 500 because – Think of all those teams each year, you know, when they do the yeah. final picks, the, the tournament, the, the field of 64 is revealed and they show all like the, the notable snubs mm-hmm. and the people whose bubble burst. And some of them have like, are like 24 and five, you know, they're from smaller conferences or they're from bigger conferences. I mean, you got to figure all of those teams get in and the NIT does not feel that 64 teams. I think theirs is only 32. So, you know, you're talking about plenty of teams there that will have, well over 500 records that will that will be in line to, to be yeah. chosen. I mean, if you were to take a look and you would see, you know, who from the Big Ten might get consideration. I mean, schools like Ohio State is 16 and seven. You know, Minnesota is 16 and nine. Mm-hmm. You go from there. Then the rest of them, Illinois is nine and 15. Rutgers is at 500. 
You know, Indiana is a couple games over. Even Nebraska, a couple games over 500. So those teams would get in before Rutgers would ever get in. Right. But, well, moving forward, I mean, it's still a, it's still a possibility. Uh, yeah. But, again, they're playing well. They're growing. Uh, the, watching these freshmen grow has, has been exciting. And they're big, John. Rutgers is a big team. I mean, they're much yes, bigger they than are. Northwestern. They dominated the paint, the, the rebounding. Um, you know, the, the Shaqs, Shaq Carter and Shaq Dorson. You got Miles Johnson, who's a nice player. And I think he's going to develop into, uh, into a force in the Big Ten. I really do. He's just a freshman. And, yeah. uh, you know, it looks like he can score. I mean, so uh, they don't, they haven't had a low post threat in a while. And to have both of them, Miles Johnson and Shaq Carter, young guys who can uh, who can score and are big, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's exciting uh, to see them develop. You know, it's and, funny. You talk about recruiting and if you can play, they can find you. How does a guy like Miles Johnson, 6'10", you know, 255, 260 pounds, how does he get away – from Long Beach, California, and wind up in Piscataway, New Jersey. It's well, unbelievable, right? And I, apparently, I think he's in the engineering school or something. He's a very good student, and uh, yeah. and Rutgers fit him for his academic uh, uh, goals. So he uh, he came east, and he's uh, very promising. Yeah, I mean, happy happy to kids, have him. You know, he's six ten kids with back to the basket moves that are mm-hmm. that are young and and pliable. You get the right coaches involved with them. Those guys don't come around, you know, all that often. And for somebody who wasn't as highly, you know, rated as some of the other kids, I mean, he's a real fine. And again, six ten can do some things, can shoot the yeah. ball, um, nice back to the basket stuff. He's somebody to really keep your eye on moving forward. I like him very much. And you know, Mathis, Baker, Omarui, they're doing their thing. All three of them in uh, in double figures. Wasn't a huge you know night for not, anybody. But... You know, surprisingly, who's not doing really much. Peter Kiss has really been pushed off to the side. He's kind of taken a back seat. And Ethan Chom, who, you know, he's a yeah. designated three-point shooter who shoots his three-pointers off the side of the basket <laughs> yeah, more man. often. Well, Issa, did, Issa was been just... pushed off to the side a little bit. Ron Harper Jr. is getting 26 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Caleb McConnell is really starting to come on. Yeah. You know, we talked about Miles Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Montez Mathis is one of the team leaders now. He plays a ton of minutes, and he's, he's what you'd call a – Stat sheet stuffer. He does a little of everything. Yeah. Twelve points, six boards. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of steals. He's doing his thing. Yeah, and Peter Kiss does get some uh, minutes, and he'll hit a three here and there. But he he's not as prominent as he was at the beginning of the season. And then Issa Chom yeah. is just he's just not in the rotation right now. And you know, he you, you hear about him shooting lights out in practice, but it never happened in a game. It was very yeah. very rare that he had a good shooting night and. And at some point, you gotta get uh, you gotta get people in there that can score, and that's been Rutgers' challenge, and, and it continues to be their challenge. Again, um, yeah. you know, fifty nine points, uh, uh, you know, on the road, but they were able to hold Northwestern to fifty six. So, again, you know, a big win, and uh, you know, exciting uh, exciting matchup coming up Saturday at the rack against Iowa, and then the rest of the way we'll see. I mean, they got to go to Michigan State. You know, it's gonna <laughs> we know what's gonna happen there. Although Michigan yeah. State's had a little some troubles lately, they got to go to Indiana. I mean, Indiana wants to avenge that loss at the rack too. They're playing pretty well, but then they've got uh, Minnesota, Penn State at home, so it's real. And they can do they can have a run like they did last year in the Big Ten tournament. Of course, Corey Sanders got hot last year, but 
and he's gone, but still they can have a little bit of a run in the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, the NIT is, for right now, is is real. And why not have it be a goal? I mean, if they don't get there, okay. Uh, we've certainly seen some development with this team, but it'd be nice to see it if it can happen. So uh, we'll see on that. Now let's go over to Seton Hall, who, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season with some big upsets uh, at Maryland against Kentucky at the Garden, you thought they were a shoe in And then, you know, a little, a few struggles in the, uh, in, when the Big East, when the Big East uh, schedule started. A couple surprising losses in there. But now, uh, you know, big win uh, Wednesday night uh, at Georgetown. Uh, Miles Powell goes off again, 30 points. I mean, how good is he, John? He's unbelievable. He, he can single-handedly put a team on his back and, and you know, get you out to, to, to huge leads, and then, you know, you got to come find him towards the end. But he got help yesterday. We had talked, you and I talked off the year yesterday about, you know, he, he if he's Batman, he needs a Robin. Yeah. And last night, you know, Michael Enzi chipped in, mm-hmm. had a big game. Miles Kale, Miles Kale yep. another guy that we had talked about who has who has too much talent to – to you know, not really get his hands dirty and, and help him out on the, at least on the offensive end of the floor. They jumped out to a huge lead. We're up by 20 points late in the first half and basically put it on cruise control in the yeah. second half. Yeah, and that's a nice win because Georgetown is pretty good. I mean, yeah. Patrick Ewing has his team playing well. They were you know 15 and nine coming in last night, and um, you know they're they're a good team even away from home. They've won some some road games and. For for Seton Hall to just make this a laugher from the opening tip was um, was surprising to me, and for Seton Hall fans was heartening because that just further you know pushes the envelope for uh, keeping them in line for an NCAA berth. Yeah, and that's what you want to do on the road. You want to get out to a big lead, which they did. You get the crowd out of it, and then they just cruised from there. Now they're fifteen and nine overall, six and six in the Big East now, and. You know, to get into the tournament, uh, look, you would think they'd have to stay above 500 in the Big East. And I don't know, get to that 18-19 uh, win area, yeah. which seems now the rest of the way. I mean, they go to Creighton. Now, they just struggle with Creighton at home, so they're going to Creighton. That's not going to be an easy game for them. Well, let's say, hey, listen, it's the Big East. There's no easy games. Then they're home against Xavier. Xavier's not that good this year. So uh, you, you can't Xavier just be Creighton last night. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so you can't have a letdown there. And then they're at St. John's, and St. John's is uh, smarting from uh, that last second uh, loss, which they got ripped off on a bad call, I believe, on that game too. Yes. And um, so they're they're looking to, uh, and they're they're on the bubble too. So uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. And then they get this, John. They end they end the season home and home. Marquette and Villanova. So listen, if you're how you doing? Listen, you, if you're in position now to if you if you win those games or even split, and you're in the eighteen you know nineteen win area, I mean you're going. I mean, well, so it's very interesting. I think for them not to is just have some real letdowns. I mean, again, that Creighton game is that, is that a trap game or what? I mean, that's gonna that's not gonna be an easy game for them. And no, that's, it's not. Well, here's what you have yeah. to do. You brought up the last two games that are at home. Um, the other game, their next game is at, at Creighton. You know, you don't want to stub your toe there, but you can, you know, you don't want to say you can afford a loss there. But um, the Xavier game at home on the 20th is an absolute 
lock. They have to lock that one up. And then, you know, from there, they have St. John's at St. John's. We went over that. They have Georgetown, who I, I assure you will not be pleased from getting their you-know-what stepped on all night long <laughs> last night right. at the Rock. Yeah. And then I think you would have to split. I mean, listen, are they going to beat Marquette and Villanova back-to-back? Would you be surprised? I would be shocked. I'd be surprised, so yes. I think if they yeah. could split that, win with Xavier, that would get them to eight wins, and then they would need to, you know, maybe one other one there to finish nine and nine in conference, and then I think you'll be dancing. Unless, unless of course, they go out in the Big East tournament and throw in a clunker and get blown out by some, you know, DePaul right. or Xavier yeah. or one of those teams. Yeah, so don't forget about the tournaments. You can have a good run of the tournament, and that can get you into the uh, to the uh NCAA. So, uh, so we'll see. Now, the concern for Seton Hall, I mean, look, I mean, are they leaning too much on Miles Powell? I mean, he's been all world here, but if he has a bad night, uh, you know, who's going to step up? I mean, Michael Enzi's not an Angel Delgado, is he? You know, he's, but he had a nice night, uh, you know, Wednesday night, but uh, you don't always get that from him. Uh, Miles Kale, another uh, guy who's kind of uh, uh, hot and cold, right? So it's always Powell there, but I mean, you know, and then going in, certainly going into the tournament, uh, should they uh, should they get a bid? You know, they're they're leaning a lot on him, and he's uh, he's a he's a terrific player, but you know, one bad night and boom, you're out. Yes. Well, you mentioned Enzi. He's more of an inside guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's gonna put. I did not see the game, so if he hit elbow jump shots and whatnot, then that would surprise me. But he's more of a clean-up around the basket guy. He'll he'll find, uh, get himself onto the offensive glass, get some rebounds and stick backs. He's going to make layups. He uh, he can make some free throws. He hit four free throws last night. Had eight. Here's the deal. I'm looking at the box score. Eight offensive rebounds. Of his nine rebounds, eight of them were on the offensive Pretty glass. Pretty good. That's yeah. unbelievable. That's just a guy who's hungry and who's going after it. So that's a big thing. Um, Powell took 20 shots yesterday. That's a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes. Do they, do they rely on him a lot? Of course they do. They have to, because he's a star player. He's a first team, all big East player. And he's also, you know, up for big East player of the year, which will go to Marcus Howard in a landslide because the guy has hit 35 plus points, like 10 times this <laughs> year. I mean, he's, Mm-hmm. But Miles Powell is right behind him. But you're right. I mean, let's say there's a game where he picks up a couple of cheap fouls and then somebody steps in front, he gets a charging foul, and God forbid he has three fouls in the first half or he picks up a, a third foul or fourth foul early in the in the second half. Then you're going to see Seton Hall struggle, and that offense will yeah. come to a, uh, you know, really – we'll, we'll see what they're made of. Because their other guy – the the, uh, the Georgian Sandro. I'm not even going to take on his last name. You can. Uh, Kalashvili. There you go. Uh, yeah. He's not a low post guy. He's more of a you know he's he's you know he's a three. He's a tall guy, but he likes to go outside and shoot the threes and and shoot from the perimeter. Is he a guy that can go down low? And I mean, because you would think that that would that's something they need. You know, Steve, you're absolutely right about that. He he had eight boards himself last night. But he's sort of that that new wave mm-hmm. big where they call it like a three and D where you're a three point shooter and you can D up out on the perimeter. Is he a low post guy? No. I mean he's tall, he's skinny, he runs the floor really well. He's sort of like a Dirk Nowitzki kind of a yeah. European player where he's gonna, you know, elbow jump shots, three point shots. Um, 
more more often he's out on the perimeter with his offensive game, but um, they need him down on the block to help rebound. Again, he had eight boards last night, but he needs to get um, to get in there more to do some of the uh, some of the rebounding help help Enzi out because as you say, there's no size there. So just tell me, what do you think Seton Hall needs to do to close out the season? They go 500 the rest of the way, 18 wins. Is it enough, or are they squarely on the bubble? I think depending on how they get to nine wins in the conference, I think if they're able to win one of those last two games against one of those top 15 teams, then then yes, I think they're going to get in at 9-9. Nine and nine. Plus, what is good is that they will um, – they will have a chance to win in the uh, in the Big East tournament. I think if they hold serve on their first game in the Big East tournament, then that yeah. will not be a problem. That'll that'll help them out. And then maybe they could win a couple games. They could win a couple games in there. Maybe get to the second round, get another shot at a Villanova or Marquette or one of those schools. And so that could be something that um, that will be good for them. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, the two two local teams uh, heading down the stretch here. A lot of uh, exciting basketball coming up. And uh, it's a challenge for Seton Hall those last six games for sure. We'll see how that all goes down. Let's segue over to the NBA where the Knicks lose their 18th in a row. Are they tanking, John? I mean, is that what's going on or are they just playing bad basketball? What's your what's your take on this, this horrendous streak? I think it's a little of both. <laughs> I, I think that they were not great coming in, that the roster that they had – at the beginning of the season, what they're putting out there now looks nothing like it. I mean, it, these guys now get out on the court and it, they look as if they just met in the locker room before the game. And <laughs> they're shaking hands. Um, yeah. Listen, do they play hard? Yeah, I think they're playing hard. I mean, I don't think these guys are going out there and and taking half court hook shots and you know trying to uh, bounce the ball in off of uh, off of their teammates' heads. You know, that, to to really tank it, but. A, they don't have the talent to do it. B, I think what they realize is that, you know, at the end of the day, we could have an opportunity for the number one pick, and maybe losing all these games is not the worst byproduct of of what's going on out there because they've been stuck in this malaise where they've been picking six, seven, eight, you know, in that range, mm-hmm. and that's netted them the likes of Frank Milakina. Uh, Kevin Knox, who, you know, has promised, but he has not lived the NBA on fire yet. The jury's still out on him. So, How about but, Neil Aquino? Is that a lost cause? Yeah, he, he's done. He's wow. done. Because what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and bring in – well, they, listen, they already went after Emmanuel Moutier. They brought him in last year because they weren't happy with Frank. They brought in Trey Burke last year because they weren't happy with Frank. Then they traded for Dennis Smith Jr., who they should have drafted, should have drafted him Frank yeah. mm-hmm. because they're not happy with Frank. Yeah. So, I mean, they've tried to bury this kid over and over and over and over again. And all it takes is one look at him when you watch him play and you think, what the heck were they thinking when they drafted this kid this high? There's so, so much they didn't know. It was just they liked the physical. You know, he's, he's long and tall and lanky They thought, and he plays good defense. But uh, And I'm sure he does play okay defense. He just can't score, right? Yeah, but I mean, you just watch him out there, and he just the way he goes around the court. He's not explosive in any way. He, yes, he's long. I mean, he looks the part. He looks the part of an NBA player. He's long. He's got that wingspan that everybody's after, and he's got the upside that everybody's talking about. 
but it just hasn't, you know, converted on the court. He certainly has not um, done anything that will that will stand out. So the bottom line is now they're they're going to try and finish with as many ping pong balls because yeah. they're going after Kyrie Irving, who will then take Frank's spot. They're going to go after Kevin Durant, you know, who will who will become the new. Uh, KD will take over from KP because Porzingis is gone. And then, um, you know, then they'll lace him up. If they cannot do that, then all of this was for naught. Um, and, and then you think it's that, back to the drawing board again. You think that Durant was going to come to down if Porzingis was still there, so you don't know. Uh, maybe they can do a combo thing. Maybe if they sign Durant, maybe Kyrie Irving comes along too. Remember, yeah. remember back in the day with the Celtics. Remember when Garnett and Pierce came to town, and they were they were all immediately a championship team. So yeah. I mean, that, it's wishful thinking. Look, I get it, but as a Knicks fan, man, this has just been a long, horrible run. Do you remember back in the '90s, John? I, I, I'm possession to possession with Ewing and Oakley and and Starks and the whole crew. Man, it was just so exciting, and and uh, they never won a championship. They never won a championship. They got close uh, against Houston. But, uh, you know, it was exciting. It was exciting basketball, and it was exciting being a Knicks fan. It's been so long, you know. It was the best. Yeah. Those games were must-see TV. Yeah, absolutely. Remember watching yeah. that with the split screen with O.J. and the Bronco going oh, down man. the road? Now run. you're dating us, John. Now we're going way yeah. back. And, you know, the late yeah. Anthony Mason. I mean, it was, it was just, it was, you know, the battles against Chicago and Jordan and Pippen. It was oh. just, it was great. I, mean, I had one of those. I had one of those Mace in your face T-shirts. Remember those? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, oh, I remember it well. Yeah, he he took New York by storm. I mean, he he was New York man. He was a yeah. you know a guy that came from the projects who was just rough and tough, and nobody yeah. gave him anything, and he just oh, kind of yeah. made that made the league on his own. And man, was he all twisted up with muscles, and he was New York man. He was yeah. fun to root for. And Oak, Charles Oakley, I remember going in Nobody Beats the Wiz. You remember that? The yeah. electronic store, which have disappeared. The internet uh, yep. kind of made them obsolete. But I went there to meet Charles Oakley, and he signed, his, uh, signed an autograph. It was, you know, it was back in That's the day, right. man, where, where being a Knicks fan was fun. But, boy, yeah, it, ha- it hasn't this, been lately, right? Let's hope that this new deal, what they're trying, I mean, listen, trying to do, the, the team that they put out there is so bad that they, they can try to you know, try to win as much as they can, and they're still going to lose because there's not enough out there. Yeah. But let's see if if they're, you know, what is that saying? The best laid plans of mice and men or whatever the heck it is. I don't know. <laughs> well, listen. Here, but if, if their front office can pull this off, then maybe good times will be back again. Um, but if not, then it's really down in the, in the yeah. doldrums. Well, let's talk about this tanking because it is a problem. I mean, it's a problem in general and in, in, in the NFL as well. And, uh, you know, it's a, I think it's a problem for the league and it's a problem for teams because in the second half, if your team's out of it, why bother? So Phil Mushnick, and I, and I, I love his column. I read it all the time. And, and Phil mentioned the first team out of the playoffs gets the first pick. And I think that's, a, that's an interesting idea. It will certainly stop tanking, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting. Um, it could also be something, though, that maybe that team is really good, but one of their star players is hurt, and um, you know you're going to put that star player, and then you're going to add another star player on top of that. So it could be something along those lines. But yeah, I mean it's it's certainly something to look into. 
I mean, I don't think do, – do you think that when the Knicks go out there, they're trying to lose? I mean, I, I don't I know. I don't know. They're, they're trying probably, to lose. I, the, other, the other way to put it is are they trying to win? Are they really – I mean, it's kind of like it's, it's understood now that they're um, – and again, they're just getting more ping-pong balls. So that's one way of uh of trying to the 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 tanking challenge is is by doing the uh the lottery but still um they get they get more ping pong balls so uh they want their odds to be better so who knows if they're actually tanking you know no one knows no one knows if they have meetings within the organization or not you know what i mean no talent so but i just think it's a problem now in the nfl if you look in the nfl i mean listen there's parity in the nfl because it works the worst team gets the the, gets the top pick so they can get the best player in the draft and it seems to work um but the problem you know tanking i i just think is an issue we hear about it a lot we heard it about with the you know the jets um you know remember when they were what what was the chant for darnold they were like you, you know suck for sam suck for sam or whatever so and um you, you know, and they went out and actually, I think they competed and, and tried to win. I, I'm not saying, I'm not accusing anybody well, of tanking. I'm just saying. You're a Raiders fan. Did yeah. the Raiders tank last year? Well, listen, they were awful. And, uh, you know, after getting rid of uh, uh, Cleo Mack, I mean, the team was just so disjointed. And so there was just, they just took all the air out of them and, and they were horrible. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, you know, clearly Gruden what was going after draft picks and wanted to, you know, and, and now they're they're getting one of the top picks. So, look, they're um, uh, they're in a good position. I don't know if they absolutely tanked again. The only one who knows that is the people within the organization, including the Knicks too. I'm just um, if they are tanking, I, I just think that's a problem. It's a problem for uh, leagues and it's a problem for teams. And, you know, towards the end of the season, if you're giving up on your team, what good is that? You know, you want people in the seats. You want people to to root for your team, you know, all year long, regardless. And and so, um, you know, it, it is an issue. Uh, and we'll see, you know, if there's uh, if there's any ideas that come up to uh, to uh, alleviate the whole tanking thing, because uh well, yeah. how about a team that's not tanking? Is the Brooklyn Nets? They're uh, they won again last night, triple overtime. They beat Cleveland, yeah. and they actually have something to really play for. They have a playoff berth, um, and, and that's something that they're really pushing for, which would be great not only for the franchise, for their coach, who's been you know around the league for many many years as an assistant coach, and he's really melded this team together. Wait till they get. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie's kind of their heart and soul player back. Mm-hmm. He had a finger that was had surgery on his finger. When he comes back, Karis LeVert is back from that gruesome-looking leg that, injury. But what a great Jared story. Allen what a great story phenomenal. that he's come back this season, LeVert. Ridiculous. You know, that was a, his, yeah. Not only was his year done, maybe his career was over when yeah. his leg was facing in the wrong direction. I mean, I can't even look at that. It was so right. ugly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to know that he didn't break any yeah. bones in there yeah. was so, so there is a bright spot in the NBA locally, and that's uh, Brooklyn uh, making the playoffs. Looks like they will, and uh, so we'll follow them for sure and uh, and see how that goes. Uh, so this was our basketball show today, local college yeah. hoops and a little NBA. Uh, this is our site, moresportsnow.com. you got to check it out. We have this podcast weekly as well, but we write too, so we got blogs uh, on the site, so check this out. Check that out. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram as well. So Steve Titchener, John McAlevey, we'll catch you all next week. Bye bye.